It's that time of the week again, ladies and gentlemen. A bubbling bonanza of baller breakdowns, a rumbling roller coaster of round ball renaissance, a soaring sonic soccer supernova. It's BR Football Ranks. Welcome back to Rank Squad HQ, live and direct from central London, the honourable home of the hot take, the royal residence of the ranking, the rightful ranch of roulette. Let's get it. My name is Jack Collins, and I'll be your sat nav today, your faithful friend in the wildest wastelands of the football land. Landscape. With me, as ever, are two intrepid explorers of that landscape. Firstly, our chief surveyor, a man climbing trees to get the best view of the footballing world and telling us the secrets buried deep within the jungle of agent fees and loan deals, slashing through false rumours like some sort of transfer Tarzan is Dean Jones. Yeah, well, my radar's always on, Jack. It is always on, that's all we got. And holding court at the rank temple like football's answer to King Louis, it's the king of the sick and stringers, the ranking VIP, winding people up online since 2003. I wouldn't go so far to sing I Want to Be Like You, but big up the rank god, it's Sam Ty. Hello, Jack. Oh, my days, Jack. (laughs) New levels. We're going. We're going in a very short time. We're going to be joined by a very special guest, personal trainer to the great and good in the world of football and former protégé around the clubs of West London. Bradley Simmons is in the studio to dish the dirt on his football connections. But before we get onto that, let's burn this studio up with some hot takes. Dean, normally I'd let you start here. But instead, I'm going to say one word to you. Messi, go. One minute. Messi uh, has just scored a hat-trick against Real Betis, which has changed the football landscape. Um, His first goal was a set-piece expert. Second was a predatory striker. His third was basically a gift from God. Um, (laughs) This man has been playing football for 15 years, and somehow he's still able to surprise us. Um, That goal to complete that hat-trick was... A first-time finish, pretty much unlike anything I've ever seen before. He made it look so simple. Um, It was just absolute perfection. Um, Honestly, I feel like he actually is a gift from God and he was sent down to earth to, like, inspire and entertain all of us. It's unreal. Sam, I've got two words for you. Cristiano Ronaldo, go. Yeah, interesting contrast in the hat-tricks, isn't it? I mean, Mm. in the space of seven days or so, Ronaldo's... With Messi's, you talk about how... He continues to surprise us. He, he finds new ways to impress us with Ronaldo. This is just textbook Ronaldo. Like, biggest stage, biggest moment. Club needs him to pull it out, and he does so. Another clutch performance, another hat-trick that sends his team on into the next round of the Champions League, which is his playground. These moments are his moments. The headers that he scored were brilliant. The penalty, another penalty under high pressure. Cold. Incredible. And the way he smashed that ball into the back of the net as well unbelievable of course then we see the whatsapp that comes out or the text messages that come out with patrice evra where he promised basically to smash atletico madrid at home basically already knew he had the hat trick in the books just went out and did it incredible confidence incredible arrogance yeah. that that leads him to play in the way that he does yeah. so the reason I've, I've done that is because the winner of today's br football ranks poll on twitter was to kind of compare and contrast the two hat tricks scored this week by these two absolute machines I guess kind of people have been contrasting and comparing them. And what it comes down to is whether you think that aesthetic beauty or the power of occasion is more important. Part of me thinks there's no point comparing them. Mm. Part of me thinks you appreciate Messi's for what it was in terms of... I've never seen a hat-trick I think of more perfection in in terms of how the you know how the ball just drops in and that third one with just absolute nonchalance of just sort of looking up going he's off his line i'll probably chip him despite the fact you know that i'm on the edge of the box and And he's only one yard off his line yeah (laughs) and then you look at ronaldo and you go this is his competition he stepped up he was ice cold when he needed to be the most and he has dragged juventus kicking and screaming into the quarterfinals it's Mental. I love the fact that they're so different mm-hmm. because they are the two best players in the world, but they are such different footballers. And if ever you wanted the week to illustrate how different they are, but why they are still so, so good, it's these two hat-tricks. It's the difference in them, the occasion versus the aesthetic, the fact that he pulls it out in that way, and the fact that Messi has the audacity to do that. They are different players, for different, and they're so good for different reasons. And these goals, they exemplify that. And it's amazing. I love the fact that it all happened in such a short space of time so we can really see that yeah. I'm sick on uh, BR football of people on no matter what the post is talking about Messi and Ronaldo like it drives probably me exemplifying insane. that a little bit right now <laughs> <laughs> it drives me mad but this is one instance and when we actually have to welcome the discussion because we have genuinely got a chance to compare something that they've done 
And I think that this is, as Sam says, the exact example of why they are so good in such different ways. No matter what people will ever say to me, I'll tell them that Messi is the better footballer. But if I was to choose a man for a big moment, I'd still pick Cristiano Ronaldo. That's why they're so different. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, isn't it? You, you can. Uh, there is always this kind of going to be this rivalry and this kind of split in terms of which side people fall on. But it does seem upsetting not to be able to just sit back and enjoy them both for what they're worth because they are both unbelievably impressive athletes, footballers. It's, you know, the artist versus the engineer in so many ways. Not enough people sit there and just appreciate it. I think they're both just underrated. (laughs) <laughs> this is a great take, uh, and I've heard this I recently. I think they both are. I, I think you're absolutely right. They are the two greatest players in the world by so much, so much of a distance. But I don't think that distance is considered big enough. It's really not. And the fact that some people still won't accept the qualities of the opposite camp mm. drives me insane. To the fact that they must be underrated, because if you're not appreciating what they offer then you're not rating them to their full potential. It's a good point. When people say to Ronaldo, nickname Ronaldo, Penaldo, all he does is score penalties, that is underrating what he does. With Messi, it's a similar thing. But it's it's, it's what Dean's talking about. It's it's ignoring all of those qualities, which I I laughed when you said underrated, but give it 10 seconds of consideration. You're probably right. You're probably right, and it's stats It's weird, yeah. It does sound weird on on first say, but you think about it, and genuinely, these, these two are so good that they are underrated. (laughs) The official BR ranks line on this is that we think they're both well good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, underrated. Dean, let's move on to your hot take for the week. Okay, so this week sees the release of a Netflix documentary film called Antoine Griezmann, The Making of a Legend. It's from the the underrated to the overrated. Yes, exactly that. I mean, this man... He's not a legend. That, that, that's, that's, the first, that's the first thing to say about this. Anton Griezmann, he might think he's a legend. He's not a legend. They should change the name of this documentary immediately before release. In France, it's actually called Antoine Griezmann World Champion. Fair enough. Factually correct. Yeah, that is factually, factually correct. correct. I could agree. Quickly change it before Thursday and have that across the world because Antoine Griezmann is not a legend even at Atletico Madrid. He's not like Torres, Godin, Forlan. Simeone. Simeone. Aguero. Aguero. Whoever you want to pick, like there's a lot of people that are considered legends at Atleti and I wouldn't say he is up with them right now. Um, I know that he likes to put himself in the same bracket as people like Ronaldo and Messi, but he's not close. I think you look back at last summer and he released his little film of himself and the decision, um, the decision he got wrong because actually probably regrets that right now and he should have left Atleti at that moment and gone to Barcelona. His reputation would have probably increased I mean, if he'd left. I, I in get footballing he, sense, yeah. not in terms of how good he is. He can't have envisaged what was going to happen this season, but over the past week or so, when you've lost to Juve and you've lost to Athletic, and suddenly you were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. And now suddenly there's stories cropping up again that maybe he will leave in the summer, maybe Griezmann will move on. Was he going to become a legend at Barcelona? No. I mean, the only way he can become a legend is by staying at Atleti and driving them to things that they've never done before. But he's not going to do that. So um, it's a very strange time to have this documentary coming out at a time when Griezmann's um, stock has not been this low for a little while. He's had a really good season. This last week or so, as you say, this last week or so has been difficult for him. But the whole season is good. It's pretty unfortunate that this is when it's kind of unravelled. Do you think he sort of backed himself into a little bit of a corner with the decision to, to, to stay at Atletico and to make it such a circus that it's now really difficult for him to leave Atletico Madrid? Like, it's difficult you can't, to do anything. You can't just move after a year after putting that together, that ridiculousness. You have to like stay for another four years or become a legend. Like, it's a bit of a weird move I think move there's a anyway. chance, though. I mean, I've spoken to a few people about this this week and there's a chance that Atleti team falls apart a little bit this summer. People like Godin mm. genuinely could move on. And Godin particularly, obviously, is a fellow Uruguayan. So. <laughs> <laughs> and is he godfather to his kids or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if Godin was to leave, then maybe... Griezmann could use that as, a, as one of the reasons as to why he's looking to actually leave the club. But if that team does break up, then possibly. But I just find it so bizarre. I mean, he, as you said at the start, overrated probably is Antoine yeah. Griezmann. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's is kind of what it is. And you're right, the circus has kind of ended up being more than the actual season, which is really 
that kind of not what you want. It's been a bad week or a bad couple of weeks for Spanish players in Spain making documentaries about themselves, considering Sergio Ramos is absolute farce of the Ajax game, and, and then Griezmann. So, Does Solari yeah. make one as well? Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> Lepeta Gris is coming out soon. Um, Sam, what's your hot take this week? Uh, okay, so there are plenty of Arsenal fans out there, I would say, at the moment, who are disappointed about the fact that their club didn't appoint Monchi as the sporting oh, director. Oh, you're putting your football nerd hat on. I like this. Uh, it's always on. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. on. You just can't always see it. Let's it out every now and then. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the most famous sporting director, Monty. Yes. I'd say he's the most recognisable name among sporting directors. He left Roma last week, and Arsenal fans were very hopeful that he would be the man to replace Sven Mislintat, who left several months ago. He's gone back to Sevilla, the club where he made his name, the, the club where he became Monchi and revered as a sporting director. My take is that Disappointment is not the correct emotion for Arsenal fans. I think it should be closer to relief. Okay. Which okay, they've done a, a, a lot of yeah, a lot of people will be surprised about because of Monty's reputation. But I think what Monty's spell at Roma taught us is that his method is not applicable or not appropriate for a club that consistently wants to win the highest honours. So he is a wheeler dealer king. He is like the super scout and he spots bargains, he takes punts on value players. His knowledge of the market is incredible. Whether he has like 20 underling scouts I'm or sure something, I, I'm it sure. It makes sense for him, do you? But I also know someone that knows him or has him on WhatsApp and his last scene date is consistently three minutes ago and he never sleeps. <laughs> he literally just watches games, watches footage, watches players. So he's very much on the ball. That's the sort of guy you want, right, in the sporting director role. But the fact that the, the, the teams that he manages such on managers directs such high turnover in players that's not really how it works at the very top level now maybe you can make the case for Real Madrid need it right now but generally speaking the teams that continually challenge at the top level make three or two additions per summer right like two major additions to try and close the gap between themselves and others Monchi consistently churns out like 10 or 11 players per season at a club like Sevilla where the Europa League is a phenomenal achievement to win it that's fine but at a club like Roma who hit the Champions League semi-finals and finished on 77 points in Serie A that's not that's actually not okay because you remove half your starting 11 you bring 11 new players in that's exactly what happened last season over 100 million euros worth of players sold you sell Alisson Becker and you think you've hit uh, you've, you've hit uh, I don't know, a diamond in the rough with Robin Olsen, the Swedish goalkeeper, which just obviously is a massive downgrade. Yeah. He takes those chances. If you're Arsenal and you want to get back to the big time, which you should if you're a fan, if you're serious about returning to the top of the Premier League and winning trophies, Monchi's not the guy for you. Because Monchi's method applies to plucky underdogs who need to turn a transfer profit, who need to sell players and replenish and can hope to get the better of others around them by spotting people on the market. If you're Arsenal and you're thinking we should be challenging with City and Liverpool, Monty's not the guy for you. You should be happy he's not your sporting director. Good take. Scorching hot. Yeah. Scorching hot takes from, from both of you, actually. So, Cheers, so well Jack. done. Very, very good. Um, uh, that's all we've got time for, for hot takes, uh, because we have a very special guest coming in, and we will be back in a second with that special guest, Bradley Simmons. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks and introducing a new member of the Rank Squad, personal trainer to the stars and Instagram god, Instagram Bradley god. Simmons. Cheers, lads, for having me. No, then welcome nice to the studio, one. mate. It's great to have you here. Um, I think the best way to let this lot get to know you is for you to sort of spin it out, tell them what you do, you train, all the things. Yeah, so I'm, we'll a pers- I'm a personal trainer, Yeah, uh, as I'm known as an Instagrammer, uh, but my career started as a professional footballer. So from the age of seven, I signed the Chelsea Academy. Uh, all the way to 16, got released, then signed professionally for Queen's Park Rangers. Unfortunately, through bad injuries and whatnot, I'm going to put excuses out there. Don't bore everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't bore everyone. <laughs> um, um, I went into personal training. Things didn't work out football-wise, but the knowledge I learned from being injured a lot and being a professional footballer took that into my personal training career. Uh, and I've managed to train quite a lot of professional footballers, celebrities, uh, influencers, models. So, yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Doing okay. And I'm definitely enjoying my, my I was job. Say, it's, wor- it's worked out all right. Yeah, it's worked out decent. I'm here with you boys. So yeah, exactly. I made it. I've well, made it. You're on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to talk, obviously, about the best athletes in the football world. Use that as a springboard to get yeah. kind of your experience on on how players develop and their kind of physiques and all that. So I think the best way to go, you know, you work in the heart of the operation. Yeah. And we're going to start with your three sort of athletes or in football that you admire, and, and we'll just give it to you, and off we'll go, mate. Yeah, number yeah. three to start with. Pardon? Number three to start with. Number three to start with. Yeah. Okay, so number three is Theo Walcott. Cool. Uh, a client of mine. 
Um, I remember when he messaged me on Instagram saying, look, I didn't get into the European uh, Championships with England. I want to work really hard this summer, get back with Arsenal. I want to smash it to get back into that England squad. That season he scored 20 goals. So I must have done something. Well done, mate. Right. Well, well, done. Done. Yeah, that's all me. That's all me. And being a Spurs fan, it was quite funny. And loads of Arsenal fans buzzing off me. I was like, they don't know that I'm actually a Spurs fan. <laughs> kept you on the DL. Yeah, yeah. kept you on the DL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we did, with, um, we just did loads of core work. We did loads of like, work to strengthen his glutes. And then we did loads of drills outside. I just feel, make sure he's sharp and make sure he's feeling confident I think with that mindset going back into pre-season you're ready you know you've done a lot of work you're going to go in there and obviously not getting into England squad he, he was hungry to go and prove, prove people wrong yeah. that's and what I find strange is that the footballers they, he's obviously trained for his entire life he yeah. knows how to train he knows how to work out yet he's still striving to make himself better what, what did he gain by coming to you? again he, um, new exercises for one um, I remember he was given the same uh, plan as Mertesacker. And obviously Mertesacker what? being a centre-back... <laughs> that's what I mean, Mertesacker being a centre-back... And the slowest slow, man alive. Slowest man alive, given the same programme as Theo Walcott. So I was like, well, let's change things up. Let's rip this up. Yeah, let's rip this up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, look, you need to be just obviously working different parts of the body and you need to make sure you're really explosive because obviously Theo is one of the fastest players ever to play football. So obviously he's getting older, we just wanted to maintain that. And we just did loads of sharp drills just to make sure he was feeling sharp, quick with his feet. And then the gym was made sure that he just got literally ripped up. Loads of upper body work, loads of core work, just so he's feeling strong. And that season, you just want bouncing off, like smashing people, getting actually involved. And he scored 20 goals. So um, obviously it wasn't me, Theo did a lot of hard work uh, but definitely mentally wise I think doing that extra bit definitely does help Is that something you reckon you know, obviously in the modern game people don't just you know they train five times a week yeah. or whatever it is with the clubs or four games and, and now people are sort of developing further and going that extra mile and going to people like yourself and getting personal trainers yeah. is that something you think you're going to see more and more of as, as we go yeah, forward 100% especially with social media see so many lads learning from the likes of myself I've got loads of footballers following me messaging me like, can we do bits in the summer and that, of course because people want to go back into the season ahead and obviously feel great um You've got the likes of Jamie Philosophy that does loads of stuff with loads of footballers as well. He's a great trainer. So, yeah, it's definitely going to grow and grow and grow. And footballers, they want to improve. And they know just kicking a ball around isn't enough, especially as the game's getting quicker and they want to prolong their career. They know they have to obviously stay in the best shape possible. That's by doing extras in the gym, extra making sure they're mobile, flexible, maybe doing a bit of yoga like Ryan Giggs is known to be doing, mm -hmm. uh, and just loads of strength work. Um, back in the day, I don't think a lot of footballers did extras. And that's why maybe their quiz wasn't extra drinking. That was about it. Extra drinking. That's it. So the nutrition has come into it. The, the science has come into football now is just ridiculous. And it's something from a young age. To be fair, my brother's a coach on uh, at Chelsea under 16s, and he said they're in the gym four times a week really? at 16. So they're learning from an early age the importance of strength exercises in the gym and nutrition. Do you get any kickback from from football clubs at all? Like you know, if obviously they've put feel on a plan yeah. and you're going right that's not right do, do, is there any kind of backlash or is not it not really you just they, they, you obviously have a conversation with them um, recently I worked with Celtic so Brendan Rodgers was, was a client of mine uh, we did a 12 week transformation really good one uh, and he used to send injured players to me so obviously they needed get a break away from Scotland go into central London um, train with me every day for five days get their mindset right before they go back into Celtic uh, I was training a lad called Nerd Britain so obviously I was speaking to the physios every single day speaking to the coaches every day making sure that what I was doing they approved uh, and then I obviously gave them feedback yeah he's doing really well hamstrings are fine obviously there's no setbacks he's doing alright so yeah. if you've got Brendan Rodgers giving you that endorsement anyway it's not a particularly hard sell is it to go back to that physio and say hey this yeah is exactly that's it and with the Arsenal coach as well um, I spoke to them about Theo Walcott and they were, uh, they were massively happy has there ever been any setbacks though has any, anyone ever got injured no, no to be fair luckily not <laughs> because you have to be really careful I bet you do yeah like, you don't want to push them too hard to, pull, to the point where they're exhausted like when I was doing stuff with Patrick Roberts um Obviously, he's at Man City, so he goes back to Man City every pre-season. The last thing I want him to do is go back absolutely exhausted so he can't show to Pep Guardiola, look, I'm ready, I, I want to be part of this team. Does that worry you, or are you just confident? It does a little bit worry. Know. The last thing I want is, God, is hamstring to go. Mm. I mean, that's on me then, isn't it? So mm. you make sure you're just very precautious and you always constantly ask them, are you OK? How's the body? You're right. How are you feeling? Get good um, insurance plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get massive. Look at this one. He's yeah. going to be your lawyer by the end yeah, of this podcast. Yeah. We'll set something up. Yeah. Back, to, back to Theo. Are you, 
you say you trained him a lot and he exploded, got 20 goals. It was around the same sort of time he grew his hair out. Are you sure it wasn't just the hair thing? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had a few hairstyles, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But he, for a long time it was shaved. Yeah, it was shaved. Yeah, maybe it was hairstyle. Maybe it was just the hair. Maybe he's trying to taking credit away from us. It's definitely his barber, not me. Who comes in? Who comes in at number two, Brady? For me, James Milner. Oh. I think I think not a lot of people like discuss show. about James Milner. I think he's I'm not sure how old he is. I'm not sure you might have to get up on Google, but he's definitely in his thirties and he's had the longest career ever. I think he's maybe played most of the games. He started at sixteen at least. Yeah, yeah. There so we go. A long, long way. And he's still playing in Champions League and doing bits. You know, yeah. keeping up with like some Neymar and people players like that. Uh, and I've seen him with his top off, he's actually fairly ripped and he still could be playing for England. Definitely, he's a yeah, very good, good player. Yeah. Going into um, the World Cup, I think half of us wanted him to come out of yeah. retirement and play for England, think, to be honest. Because so. him and Jordan Henson that season were really solid in midfield, yeah. weren't they? It would have been good for them yeah. to midfield together. Um, and I think he's still got three or four years left left in him. Maybe he might not be uh, Liverpool. He can definitely play in the No, definitely, absolutely. So how does he keep it going? Like, how is it that he started at 16 and has been playing men's football like 30, yeah. 35 games a season? He's 33, since, by the way. Since 33. he was 16 and he's still going. Like, and playing in midfield. He, yeah. How does he do it? One, genetics. I think that plays a massive part. Um, I think he must be just a naturally fit person. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in even pre-season now, I reckon after having three weeks rest, he'll probably still be number one when it comes to the beep test. Yeah. He's probably just that natural fitness person. Um, definitely down to his nutrition, which plays a huge part. I doubt he's a big drinker. Because yeah. alcohol plays a Loves a Ribena. Loves a Ribena. And I guess, I bet he's the sort of geezer that does lots in the gym. And he's probably called busy. He's probably been called busy his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's the busy ones that actually make it and have a good career. Yeah. Um, I remember being called busy. Um, and it's like, well, look at me now and look where you are, mate. It's yeah. one of those well, things. Well, it's funny, we said it well, before we started the show, we were talking Bradley and I played with Jamie Mackey when he, yes. when he was very young when he was non-league and I, I played with him and that's exactly what Jamie Mackey was called we were similar sort of build um, I was probably a bit better than him joke um, but he was called busy all the time because yeah. he was doing all these extra weights and everything and we were like what are you trying to do here you're not, you're not going to make it yeah. and he ends up playing at, at, Premier, League playing Premier League football yeah. and he's still playing professional football he's huge yeah. he's a unit and it's worked for it. it's really paid yeah. off for him so but there is definitely a side, and I bet there are players that have stopped working so hard because you're almost bullied sometimes into being like, ah, oh, stop being so busy, come yeah. out with the lads, come out with the lads. Of course, there's always that one busy one, and like, always Clubber's the worst, but he's the yeah. busy one, do you know what I mean? And, and being in, I was a scholar at QPR, um, and there was two busy lads, and they've probably done the best uh, playing conference football, but still, they're doing really, really well. And it's, again, it's just that mentality, they just want it so much, and they'll do anything to do that, wherever that is, Brown knows and the manager... <laughs> Uh, or if it's doing extra jobs or staying in the gym after or being the last one, first one in into the ch- into the training ground. But these things that managers clock onto, mm-hmm. and then you become the pet. And sometimes it's a good thing to become the like the, the manager's favourite because oh, they're yeah. going to help you out of the way. For me, yeah, James Milner doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get spoken about enough. And that's a good show. Uh, like I definitely think he's got two or three years left in him. Could you make him even better if he comes yeah, for a few seconds? Anyway. <laughs> Milner is longevity personified, but yeah. you see so many athletes, similar age, or, yeah. maybe, or who start at 16, and I'm going to pull out Wayne Rooney yeah. uh, as an example. So what's the difference there? Because Rooney, physically by 29, looked pretty spent. Yeah. So what? So he also started at a similar age. Yeah. So is that purely genetics is the difference, or is something else happening there? Uh, definitely, genetics has a big part to play. If you look at Rooney, you look at him and think he's not genetically uh, blessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not just with his boat race. Nicely put. <laughs> <laughs> not just with his boat race, but maybe his physique and his uh, probably his fitness levels. Um, but again, I don't know. Wayne uh, Wayne Rooney um, maybe his nutrition wasn't great when he went home do you mm. know I mean? maybe he wasn't disciplined in that department yep. maybe he did like a drink when James Milner was obviously not drinking yep. so there's all these parts to play but obviously Wayne Rooney's had a long career at a very very top level mm. so has James Milner maybe he's had a bit more pressure on him than most players so that, that has a stress so stress and anxiety can also play a huge part in your longevity as well where James Milner probably hasn't been really in the limelight as Wayne Rooney has could play a part you just don't know because people don't forget about the yeah, mental yeah, side yeah, of things and by the way Rooney scored a hat trick at the weekend for DC yeah. United. <laughs> look Wayne Rooney is still playing at a top level yeah. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. still think he could be playing in the Premier League definitely could and I think if it weren't for Mourinho he probably would have been amongst that main United a squad a lot later, more yeah. so it depends on the manager as well to be fair Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much um, nutrition has obviously it's become so much more important yeah. in football? How much of that do you, you kind of work with the players with or with your clients with, and, and how does that kind of impact what you're doing? Yeah, well, obviously, Premier League clubs now they've got the top, top, top t- nutritionist. 
um, my time at QPR, when I first was there, there'll be there'll be ketchup on the table, and you see all the lads just covering their plates in ketchup. And that ketchup's was under, nice. Ketchup's nice, but it's not exactly healthy. And that was <laughs> that was under Neil Warnock. But then as soon as Mark Hughes came in, got a nutritionist in, a new chef came in, and it was top notch, really healthy food. And obviously, you saw a difference in the players' attitude. The set players, like obviously. Um, Obviously, their uh, energy on the playing field. Us in training, we were on it. Um, for example, I'd go in and have a bowl of massive bowl of fruit and fibre, and I would sprinkle sugar on it. I wasn't clued on about nutrition. I was like, "This is nice." Changed up when a nutritionist came in, and I saw a massive difference in my appearance, my um, production on the pitch, uh, and obviously even injuries, injury prevention. Nutrition is so important. Yeah. Um, and for young kids growing up, I think it's really important to start from a young age, which likes the Chelsea Academy are doing and loads of academies. So it's definitely grown, uh, definitely grown over the years. I think it's only going to get better. I want to just touch on something very briefly, but we've seen in English football this year the first all-vegan football club in Forest Green Rovers. Wow. Um, the whole thing from fans all the way down to players, but their players are given a full vegan diet for the Pl- whole thing. Players are given their go? Yeah, and, and that's it. And it's, it kind of filters from the top down. Yeah, right? yeah, if this is what the players are eating, then we can eat this in the stand as well is that going to grow do you think is that something that might nah. might kind of develop <laughs> they like it I've been to Forest Green I've, yeah they I've, love I've, it I've, I've, been, I've been to a day they're not Green. sticking to that diet away from there there's no way every member of that lads are going home they're getting stuck into bolognese so here, here, here's, here's the thing so I, I went to the club and I had I had a lunch yeah. with, with the chefs that they use for the players and it, was it decent? It was so good. Yeah. And like, I would never, ever consider myself vegan. I eat a lot of yeah. meat and I'm pretty averse to that sort yeah. of thing. But it was a delicious food. Like, they're the best green beans I've ever had in my life. I don't know what they're doing. It's like <laughs> green beans on steroids. Those chefs are geniuses. Yeah, don't if you wrong. make it that delicious, then it will be easier to get on board with that sort of thing, surely. And I was asking players, like, seriously, though, like, off the record, are you sneaking sausage rolls in the car park? Yeah, 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 and yeah. they were like, honestly, it has made me think about so much and it has changed the way I approach food. Yeah, I mean, Bradley, you you know what it takes to stay like f- feeling energized. And everything would you be able to become vegan? Uh, I wouldn't personally because I think benefits of having good quality meat is very important, especially in football. Protein is so essential, uh, and the amount of vegan products you have to eat to get up to protein levels is pretty quite a lot. Mm. I've got two. I've done two transformations with two clients who are vegan, and it and it can be done. Don't get me wrong, but it's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, as a football club, I just can't see it happening at a very top level. <coughs> I think also, I don't see how it's going to help, to be honest. I, I don't think that having your whole squad as vegans is going to actually help yeah. you. But there's a lot of MMA fighters who have turned vegan now. Yeah. And they're, they're proving that it can be done. So I'm not saying it can't be done. It can be done. But realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. If it does, then great. It's great for the planet. It's great for everyone. Yeah. Great for people's health. Uh, but just being realistic, I doubt that's going to happen. That's a lot of minds to change, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's a lot. Because I think fish, fish is so important. You can sack off chicken, you beef, lamb. Of, yeah, exactly. Red fish, omega threes with the good fats, so good for obviously footballers' brain cells. Yeah. so essential. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, let's take it on to the new mayor Uno. Who, who's the the top athlete in football? I think I think I know. Everyone knows going. it. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm a huge Messi fan, but I I give him this one. I yeah. give him this one. He is an absolute specimen. Like he is shredded, and he's 30, Four. 34 exactly. And again, at a very top level, he said, "I didn't go to China. I didn't." Go to... That's because he's capable of playing in Europe at the top, top, top level. He's probably got two or three years left in him, still banging goals in. But he is a genetic freak as well. Don't get me wrong, genetics has a huge part to play with Cristiano Ronaldo. The, how high he can jump, he's just a total athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't get me wrong. Obviously, if you've seen documentaries on, I've watched a few documentaries on Ronaldo, and his lifestyle is very structured, I think, and it's very like you don't see him going out a lot. He's quite almost at all. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of almost very reserved, so it's probably easy for him to stick to that. Yeah, because um, obviously, big but part, he's made that decision, you know. Yeah, he's made that decision, and probably why he's got has such a great career. Um, Obviously, he has a protein shake company that look after him. I doubt he actually takes those protein shakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's probably earning a decent amount of money from that. Yeah. Um, but definitely, his diet, his lifestyle, his nutrition, the amount he trains extra has a huge part to play why Cristiano Ronaldo is doing so well still at this age. Is that is that it? Is it basically, if you want to be at the very top level, at the age he's yeah. at, you have to almost give the whole lot up. You have yeah. to be 100%. pretty much straight on the edge. Yeah. Because there's talent, which can get you so far, but at 34, that's when you need to then be like, cool, I need to do this to maintain that talent. Yeah. Because how many other 34s are still the best player in the world? Yeah. It's mad. Mm. And he's probably got two years left in it. So yeah, by far, Chris Ronaldo is an absolute specimen and young kids should look up to him just because of his, it's almost like an obsession with his lifestyle and his structure. But he's obviously smashing it and if he's not at Juve, he'll probably be at PSG next. So. Yeah. 
you compare that to, I say you said you're a huge Messi fan, uh, yeah. recognises the two best players in the world. Could they be more different body type, body type wise? Yeah, it's well, bad, isn't it? Yeah, well, Messi's he's obviously small. He's probably not exactly ripped, but he's had his injuries in the past. But he's obviously still going to have a like, long career. And you probably can see Messi playing like probably a DMF role soon. Yeah. Getting it, giving it, getting it, giving it. Um, um, but Messi by far the best player ever to play football there's no there's no like Messi I always get asked on Instagram like yeah. Messi or Ronaldo Messi all day yeah Ronaldo the superior athlete Messi the superior Messi player. the superior athlete and a real good role model but Messi just an absolute freak of a footballer yeah, yeah. he really is so Ronaldo is so as you say finely tuned he, yeah. d- he looks borderline perfect I want to ask you about like someone like Gareth Bale, who also looks yeah. pretty finely tuned, yeah. but also is always on the precipice of just breaking down. And um, there's talk about him like heading straight off the football pitch to go and do yoga to try and do it, try and yeah. uh, prevent injuries and things. Like, he doesn't even join him at celebrations. How, how does that work? Is that, again, is that genetics? Like Bale feels like he's just broken and yeah. just consistently breaks down. It's mad, isn't it? Because he's, he's again, he's an unbelievable player. Yeah. And if he had, didn't have all the injuries he had, I'm sure he'd be absolutely smashing it. I'd love to see him back at Spurs. Um, <laughs> but also an incredible athlete. Again, absolutely incredible hang, athlete. Hang tight. But again, yeah, it's your, it's your body type. And obviously he's had injuries. Like he's had a lot of hamstrings injuries, isn't it? Yeah. So, and hamstrings is a difficult one because no matter how much hard work you do to get back, hamstrings are weak and the hamstrings if you've got weak hamstrings you've just got weak hamstrings so then maybe that's just a genetic thing me also my hamstrings always just to go yeah, Run yeah, it. weak hamstrings have, yeah body yeah, yeah. <laughs> weak right foot weak yeah. left foot um, <laughs> that's your problem your, your problem's not your hamstrings Sam but, I'll give you that for nothing but there's loads of injury prone players out there like you've got yeah. Jack Wilshire yeah yeah yeah, unbelievable player. If such a have, shame. Such a shame. He'd probably be one of England's best players. Probably be England captain right now if he had if he didn't have any injuries. So it's just one of those. Some people are just unfortunate with their bodies, and uh, some people injury prone or not. What do you do? Someone, someone like Jack Wilshire was to come to you and, and seek yeah. your help. I don't know if he has or not. But um, what would you would you be able to take on someone like that who was so injury prone? Or, and how careful would you have to be if you did? Yeah, you would have to be really careful. Someone like Jack Wilshire, like oh Jesus, like the last thing you want is to make them injured. But the best thing you can do is just. Obviously, you test their core strength, you test, you test parts of the body that could, probably could help. Um, but I'm sure West Ham are doing so much to try and make him as strong as they can. Obviously, they're probably paying his wages quite a lot of it, so they want to yeah. make sure he's playing. Um, so, yeah, so what I did with Theo, basically, I just really strengthened his core. He didn't have a six-pack, and I remember he going into the change room, and like I said, Aaron Ramsey, like, God, what happened to you? What have you been drinking? <laughs> and again, it's just simple, like being consistent in the gym, doing extras after training, um, like having a nice little program and it can make a big, big difference. So a lot of our listeners will obviously play football at probably a half-decent level, consider themselves to be half-decent players. What can they do quickly, say two quick tips, to make them more agile, stronger, better players? Okay, follow one. Bradley Simmons on Instagram. Yeah, follow, follow me on Instagram for one. Um, I was going to do that at the end. We're getting early plugs, early plugs. So, so before training, mobilisation. Make sure all the areas in your body are mobile and flexible so you're not obviously injury prevention. Um, and that's going to allow you to like, run faster. It's going to allow you to like, stretch for the ball easier. Mobilisation is so key and a lot of players don't do it. Obviously, after training, nutrition. Make sure you get your protein in, get your carbohydrates, refuel your body. Do you know what I mean? Recovery is so important. Yeah. Once you have that recovery, once you have that rehydration, get in the gym, work on strengthening your glutes, work on strengthening your core, work on strengthening your upper body. Type of midfielder, if you come, come along against like some and Dembele, you're going to get weights all over the gaff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spoke to Jordan Henderson about this. I said, what do you do when you come with the likes of Moussa Dembele? He goes, the strongest guy I've ever played against. So okay. strong. So that's why I got doing the go in the gym and make sure I'm just as strong. Moussa Dembele might not do extras. He just might be just a physical, absolute specimen. freak specimen. So doing the extras, like being realistic with yourself, saying, look, I'm not probably not as strong as I should, probably should be. There's other players who are stronger than me. So let's do some extras. So you're going to be half an hour in the gym before training. Uh, and then an hour after training so that's an hour and a half of your day most footballers go home at 2 o'clock play, end up playing Fortnite or, or FIFA yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean do you yeah. know what I mean don't get me wrong good money but do you want a longer career just by doing an hour and a half extra every single day yeah, it's not like half three is a late finish that's what I mean <laughs> I remember going home at 2 o'clock I was bored I end up obviously you fall asleep you have, you have a little nap because you're exhausted from training but I wish then I'd done so much more I wish I'd done my PT course while I was a footballer I wish I'd done do you know what I mean more coaching badges while I was a footballer yeah. um, so my advice out there especially to young scholars or young pros 
Like, think about plan B, just at the back of your mind, mm. just to think, just in case. Well, let, let's talk about your, your career. Obviously, yeah. you were coming through Queen's Park Rangers at the same time as a certain Raheem Sterling, if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, Raheem, I still talk to him now. Uh, I spoke to him the other day, because like, obviously Spurs were playing Man City three games in a row. And I first thing I said, mate, mate, relax. Because <laughs> he's absolutely... <laughs> you want to be injured for a while. Yeah, it's like, yeah, mate, yeah. you're absolutely <laughs> in flames at the minute. And he's a really nice lad. Um, so when I left Chelsea, um, I remember playing against Raheem Sterling. Um, I was playing left back he was playing right wing nice. and I remember thinking because obviously being Chelsea you play against QPR we're going to bat them it's just one of the things but Raheem was I was like who's this kid absolute flames absolutely I did alright against him <laughs> um, any, any video footage of that? Uh, nah nah <laughs> but then so when I came to QPR he recognised me and we got on straight away uh, and I was one of the best players we were playing under 16 at the time and he was ridiculous mate unbelievable ridiculous didn't pass the ball didn't need to in and out players scoring goals for fun hat tricks four goals he was 16 playing under 18s ripping up he had Liverpool he had every single team in the country Chelsea looking at him which was great for us because England was looking at him as well so then obviously that means England and like so those clubs were looking at us also so that made us up our game which was great so Raheem was a great and he was a really nice humble lad um, I remember when he got his first night deal and the rule at QPR was everyone had to wear black boots which I was fuming about because I like looking down seeing white socks and a nice car killer but you feel a bit like a player yeah. you look down you've got black boots you're like oh I, look like I, a ref I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I won't do that Cruyff turn I'll just keep it simple I'm a 30 year yeah. old right back honestly yeah. if you ask a lot of players looking down on your feet makes a big difference really? yeah big difference um, and Nike it was quite funny he was playing against Crystal Palace and Nike turned up and gave um, Raheem a pair of pink vapors to wear yeah, Steve Gallon, Kevin Gallon's brother, was like, nah, not wearing them. No, nah, no, you're like everyone else wearing black boots. Assistant coach or under 16. He coach. was our under 16, yeah, under 16 coach at the time. And Mark Bertram was like, no, nah, not wearing them. But Reem was like, but Nike are here, and they've just given me the boots. I, and I'm probably leaving here soon. <laughs> so I am wearing them. Do you know what I mean? And we was all like, mate, just wear them. Like, we <laughs> what were, are going to do? Let, yeah, him, like, let and, him wear the boots. Yeah, and to be fair, we were so supportive because we knew he was next level and we knew he was going to have a big career. So right. we was really, no one was jealous. Everyone was really supportive of him. And everyone's buzzing to see him doing so well. And to be fair, he still talks to likes of myself. I'm sure he talks to other boys, and he's really nice down, down to it. Did he have a good game in those boots? He, yeah, he ripped up. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> he ripped it's up. Well, thank you, Bradley, for all your insights and yeah. those stories. Stick with us because after the break, we'll be back with the classic closers, Bleacher Roulette and Sam's Nonsense Rankings. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It's the debut of the roulette wheel. Bradley, you are witnessing history here. Sam, I'm going to actually hand it over to you. You get the first ever spin of the Bleacher Wheel. Do it. Just because I'm closest. Yeah, I'm yeah. so lucky. <laughs> Choose three players to drop into your mate's WhatsApp group. Okay. Ooh. Oh, my days. Okay. That's a great question. So I'm going to presume this is not just you and the three players. It's like your existing mates. Yeah, you have to go into your mate. The biggest WhatsApp group you've got with your yeah. mates, and you have to drop three footballs in Okay. Goodness, great. Oh, my days. Uh, which way do you go with this? English-speaking players, I'd imagine. I'm going to go for... Going to help. I'm going to go... Yeah. I'm not... Uh, Immediate temptation. I've got very international friend group, so I might go worldwide. <laughs> okay, if, as long as you can understand them all. Can, right. can we go X players as well? Yeah, 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 yeah far yeah. away. Um, okay, well, look, big fan of John Stones. Think he's, <laughs> think he's hilarious. Uh, the City documentary suggested to me that John Stones is is. It's serious laughter. You, so. Didn't you pick him to go on your stag do recently on one of those? I just like him. <laughs> mate. <laughs> to be fair, it's not that different a question. It's not I that guess. much of a different yeah, question. No, right, anyway, carry on. Otherwise, no, you're going to take forever. Now, nah, Stone, Stonesy's in. Um, ooh, Delhi Alley's in. The videos you get off Delhi. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stones is in. <laughs> Delhi Alley's in. And Jack Grealish is in. Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is in as well. That's not a bad question. Right, Bradley, it's on to you. Who are you bringing in? Ex-player, I think uh, Pennant's got a few stories. Jermaine Pennant. Jermaine Pennant, he's got some stories. Um, I think Deli Ali. Obviously, those videos are very funny. I'd like to see what actually happened. <laughs> 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 um, who's, the third, who's the third one? It's got to be an English lad. Who's, who's funny? Um... To be fair, I think I think Wayne Rooney, you know, because obviously he's very professional in front of the camera, but I think behind the scenes, I reckon he's got a lot of banter about himself. Uh, so I'll put Wayne Rooney in there. Wayne Rooney, nice, nice. Right, Dino, on to you. Um, I go, I'm going to X player, I'm going to go John Terry. 
throw him in there because um, one of my mates is in a group with John Terry and he sends some funny stuff. So I'm going to I'm going to go with that and know that John Terry. <laughs> you know JT. Don't I know you, JT. I'll text him earlier. I'll, yeah, give you, I'll, I'll give you your number if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop him into our WhatsApp. Drop him, group. I'll yeah. drop you. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, to be fair, I get that from JT. Um, so I'm going to go with JT. I'm going to go with Raheem Sterling. And I'm also going to go Jaden Sancho because I want Jaden bantering Raheem about how much better he's doing at Dortmund than, than Raheem is and vice versa. And we could just watch it unfold as the season goes on. Yes. Who's quicker? Yeah. Yeah, that would uh, be a good one. I think Raheem. I'm going Raz, yeah. yeah. Let's go Raz. Um, I'm having Jesse Lingard immediately into mm. all the WhatsApp groups. Uh, I think I might just take a friendship group. I might just transpose Jesse Lingard, Paul Pogba and Marcus Rashford into my friendship group and see what happens. Because I think what? if you brought them as a group... Yeah. Mm. Then they'd obviously start bannering each other off and kind of forget you were here, yeah. and then just like, and then eventually be like, oh yeah, we're just friends with, with those lads, just it's cracking each other so off. They would just be sending selfies. Yeah, yeah exactly. you would just learn the celebrations. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's, that's the free I'll be. That's the free I'll be taking. Decent. Right, Bradley, do you want to give us a spin? Are you gonna reach yes. it? I'll try not to break it. Would you rather win the league, park in the bus, or play total football and finish fourth? Hmm. <laughs> Well, I'm a Spurs this. fan. I love this question. I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> to be fair, I enjoy being a Spurs fan. Like I'm in obviously Chelsea. I've got mates with Chelsea Arsenal supporters, and I'm proud to be a Spurs fan. We play really good football. Um, obviously, at the end of the year, we bottle it. But in the first <laughs> three part of the crack, first three quarters of the season, I feel like do you know what I mean we think Tottenham are going to win everything. Mm. Um, and really enjoyable to watch. Don't mind spending money. I don't mind travelling far to watch them. Um, I've travelled to Bernabeu. I've travelled to Dortmund. Tottenham are definitely a team worth watching. But it's about time we win a trophy. So, <laughs> so for one season, I don't parking mind the parking the bus, winning one nil, uh, win the league, and then go back to playing decent football and coming forth. I would happily do that. That's fair enough. Where are you going with dinner? I'm going to say go the total football option yeah. because I watched Fulham play total football last season, and then we came up and we were forced to stop playing total football once a bloke called Ranieri took over our team. Okay. And if you were to say to me, win the league playing like Ranieri was playing, which was so boring, we never had the ball, everything's on direct football and defending, or come fourth playing the way we play under Jakanovic, I'd have honestly said, play fourth and keep going to watch that. And it, Absolutely, yeah. So I just, I just, it's just not really in my the way I like to watch football to park the bus I get like obviously when it comes to winning it yeah. if it was legitimately on the line that I had to park a bus to win a league title I'd probably do it but ideally no yeah I mean for me football's entertainment and entertainment is not parking buses I enjoy it I don't enjoy watching mm-hmm. it and yes I appreciate that it you know takes you to, to, to titles and I appreciate that you know, defensive solidity can bring you victory but I would honestly just rather watch that stuff that gets me on the edge of my seat and yeah I'm, I'm with you I'm taking fourth and total football every time well my team is so rubbish that neither of these two things apply <laughs> uh, so I'd take either <laughs> but I think I think if I had I mean I've been starved of success for so long haven't, haven't seen my team lift a trophy in like 20 years I would take I'd take the trophy win it's about damn time I enjoyed and celebrated something good right Dino do you want to give her a spin let's go Whose career would you rather have had, Zlatan or Totti? Zlatan all day. Zlatan all long. day. Um, what's, the, what's the key, the difference there? Zlatan's got so many trophies, but never a World Cup or a Champions League. Totti has a World Cup, but and I guess not, that, the, not that many domestic trophies. No, but Zlatan's also travelled the world, and you know he's, he's proved yeah. in every single league that he can do it and has so much more experience in terms of global you know, but Totti's a living I, legend. Yeah, I, I know, I get I that. I am taking Totti so every single Totti? day of the week. Francesco Totti, I think, has the perfect life. He, he grew up in Rome, which is well nice. Yeah. He like, <laughs> played for his boyhood club from like 12 yeah. until you know, he started playing the first team at 16. He didn't retire until he was 40. He captained his boyhood club for 20 years. He won them their first league title in absolutely ages. He won a World Cup with his country. And also, like, even Lazio fans like him. When, like, I was talking about this the other day, but when Francesco Totti retired, the Lazio fans made a, a banner being like, from your eternal enemies, goodbye. Like, as a, and he'd been, you know, spent 10 years winding them up. And they were like, nah, you were well good. <laughs> like, and, like, he's literally yeah. like the emperor of Rome. Mm. He just walks around like, I, I yeah. actually own this but, city. That's but so cool. can I just say, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, 
Malmo, Ajax, Juventus, Inter Milan, Barcelona, AC Milan, PSG, Man United, LA Galaxy. Yeah, give me the undying love of a one fan. No, yeah, no, yeah. I'm going with I'm, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jack. The, the eternal hero in a major city plus a World Cup is enough for me. Like, as long as he has that World Cup and it's like what a, a couple of trophies for Roma, but not that many. That World Cup tips it over the edge. I think that's that, that is that ultimate achievement. And if you have that in combination with. Uh, the status that he enjoys in Rome. Same for Daniele De Rossi as well. Both of those guys wouldn't have it any other way. And I, I wouldn't either. I'd prefer Totti's career. But I think part of a footballer is to test yourself and challenge yourself. And I think Slatan's done that year and year and year and proved himself as one, probably one of the best players ever to play football. And the fact that he's lived in so many different cultures, for me, I love different types of cultures. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't go on holiday to the same place. Mm. I experience different parts of the world. And Slatan's done that and he's done bits in every single yeah, city. So for me, I would definitely have Slatan's career over Totti's. Although Totti is an absolute legend, don't get me wrong. But for me, Slatan's career is just a different level. There we are, two and two. Well done, Mark. Which footballer would you least like to spend four hours stuck in a lift with? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I mean, I think I suppose you can take it two ways. It's one, someone that just won't shut up. Or two, someone that wouldn't say anything at all. You know, four hours in a lift, you'd want a little bit of conversation. You'd want a bit of fun. I'm going to go Marcus Rashford. Uh, this would be my pick because I have had a conversation with Marcus Rashford and despite the fact that he is a lovely man, you know, he's not much of a conversationalist. <laughs> he didn't he didn't really enjoy having too much of a conversation okay. with me at that time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume he wouldn't again. He doesn't he like you basically. Well I think also he just doesn't like situations that he's not particularly comfortable in. I'm, I'm pretty sure like in a dressing room with his friends he's yeah, well yeah, good banter and I'm sure he's like but in terms of like he obviously didn't like being put under the spot and stuff and if I was stuck in a lift with him I'd just be asking him questions and I don't think he'd enjoy it. He's so just done a GQ piece of uh, Jermaine Genus, so, yeah, he probably like Jermaine Genus, mate. Maybe I could bring. I'll have I'll, if, if Genus could come as well. I would yeah, return yeah, the, exactly. I'll take the yeah, answer. Yeah. Right, Sam, you. Uh, I think boring James Milner. No, <laughs> rubbish. Boring, boring James Milner. He'd be doing press ups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'd be that entertaining. Say so that. Um, that 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 spoof Twitter account came from somewhere, and I know he's. I know he's quite taking taking the mick out of it quite well with his own Twitter account nowadays but it's definitely sourced from somewhere I don't think I'd get a lot of entertainment over the course of four hours from James Milner right Bradley Sergio Aguero Ooh. That guy has been in this country for what seven, eight years. He just hasn't bothered, and he has not learned one bit of English. <laughs> so there'll be so many questions I want to ask him. There'll yeah. be I'll be asking who's the best player you've ever played. What's Messi like? And he wouldn't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so that would be four hours of here would just be frustrated. Yeah, 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 of course. Good. That's Very a great good answer. answer. Very great good answer. answer. Do you know Neymar? Neymar snake. Yeah, <laughs> Neymar. I mean, this bloke. All he does is moan, dive, <laughs> cheat. The other day when... He's well good, though. Uh, he's good, but we're not playing football in this lift, yeah. are we? Well, it depends how big yeah. the lift is. You know, the other day when, when PSG lost and he's like, oh, four people um, that know nothing about football in charge of VIR, no penalty, disgrace. Yeah. Probably the same four people that told you to leave Barcelona for PSG because that was a terrible decision, mate. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. don't like Neymar. I think he, he just is everything I really don't like about football. Right. Well... Okay. okay. Sounds like it would be a fight. Right, gonna... Oh, I needed to get it off my chest. <laughs> I'm going to take this away. This is going down. Take me away. That was decent, that. Yeah, that was that was Bleacher Roulette with the wheel for the first time. So, Bradley, you have witnessed history. Bradley, you got the best to come. Yeah, the best to come. This is Sam's nonsense rankings. We finish the show every week with this. Okay. Sam, do you want to just take it away? Sure. Okay. Um, so this week, uh, Bradley, for for context, I, I rank. Three things that are complete nonsense, nothing to do with football. And this week, I have ranked the top three cheeses that you could use as a weapon. <laughs> top three cheeses? Yeah, okay. cheeses you could use as a it's weapon. getting worse every week. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do something about this. <laughs> so, I'm sure you'll all recall back in medieval times, uh, when you were busy defending your castles from potential invaders, that uh, when you would man the walls, you would often pour cauldrons of hot water or oil or sand onto the attackers. If you were to replace that with baked camembert, <laughs> lava, absolute lava. You know when you eat baked camembert too fast and it burns the roof of your mouth yes. and it ruins the rest of the meal? Yep. It removes all taste sensations for, what, several days. Imagine that, but all over. Although I would be curious, like, could you eat your way out of it? Not if it was that hot, obviously. No. It would hurt. Depends how quick and you are eating. And stink as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. So that leads us on to number two, actually, which is the Apoise de Bourgogne. Which is this the one that's illegal? 
it's you're not allowed to take it on public, public transport. transport in wow. France, and it's banned in the USA because of the aging process it undertakes and the bacteria that it develops inside there because they, it has to be a, has to age for a certain amount of time. They don't want to risk it. Fair play. If you buy this in France, you're walking home, or you better you better have your own car because you're not allowed on it. So I'm thinking, stink bomb, gas out a room. The perfect weapon if you wanted to mm, wanted yeah. to evacuate. Just chuck it and run. Just chuck it and run. How long did you spend on this? This is good. Not that Again. Long. Do you mean not that well. long? You've put some serious... Do you like cheese? It. you like cheese? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> um, and then at number one uh, is actually Edam. So from the Netherlands. And like, we, all, we all love a bit of Edam, don't we? Yeah, but I, it, I is, like it is incredibly dangerous. And I found an, uh, an amazing historical account where this cheese actually took life. Okay, 1865, (laughs) naval battle between Uruguay and Brazil. The Uruguayan ship Blanco, which means white, it runs out of ammunition for its cannons. So the quick-thinking captain loads up loads of stale Edam cheese into the cannons and fires it towards the Brazilians. They manage to snap the main mast of the ship and sink it, and the cheese shrapnel from the Edam killed two people. (laughs) No. Legit. Found, legit. Found three or four different accounts of it in, in wow. an attempt to verification. Well, so if you ever wondered why Uruguay, plucky nation, three and a half million people, have managed to maintain its status as a footballing power and win two World Cups Not despite, Diego Godin. despite going against so many issues, it's because of that ingenuity that that captain in, in 1865 showed right. on that ship. Right. Where um, would we breathe without you? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. He done well, he done well this week. He done well. He done well this week. Love uh, well, with that in the back, that is probably all from Nonsense. us for this week on Be Off The Wall Ranks. If you've enjoyed it and you're not already, get over to iTunes or Spotify or whichever podcast platform you like and hit that subscribe button. We'd love your ratings, reviews. We're on YouTube now. You can come and see us. You can witness this absolute beast of a programme on YouTube. <laughs> you can see the wheel in all its glory. You can see how good-looking Bradley is. Uh, and remember, you can always hit up the three of us on Instagram or Twitter or get involved using the hashtag Be Off The Wall Ranks. All really left me to do say thank you to Bradley Simmons. Bradley, how can the Rank Squad follow you on social media? Bradley Simmons. Blue ticks will be the first one. That <laughs> <laughs> means I'm the only Bradley, person in this room without a blue tick again. So yeah, so Bradley Simmons, you'll find me, follow me, uh, do my workouts and um, enjoy. Yeah, best follow in the fitness world, so uh, get involved there. Thank you also to this dynamic duo, Sam Tai. Thank you. Dean Jones. Cheers, mate. Please keep spreading the rank gospel, get your friends involved. I've been Jack Collins, we'll see you next week. Take care.